The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What's good, y'all? Welcome to In the Deep, a deep league-focused fantasy baseball podcast, part of the Pitcher List Podcast Network. It's been a bit since we've been back with you. My name is Jordan White, and I am joined here once again by my good friend and co-host, Christopher Schwebzy Weber. Schwebzy, how you doing, buddy? Hi, friends. I'm doing good. I'm glad to be back. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm hoping that life doesn't keep on kicking us in the teeth so that we can uh, be right back here next week for the stream and recording. Yeah, we were planning on recording last week like normal. Uh, I was in the middle of a move. I moved into a new place, which is really nice. For those of you that tuned into the stream, you probably saw my new apartment. Uh, it's really, really nice. Really happy with it. But I was without internet for a brief little while there. So I ended up not being able to record last week's episode, which kind of stunk. Uh, but we're back on a normalish schedule now, hopefully through the rest of the season, like Schwebzy said, without any hiccups. Uh, be with you every... I mean, how many weeks do we have left now, Schwebs? Do you know? Oh, uh, like like eight or nine weeks left. I think it's nine. But like when Jordan's not here, I refuse to, to go it alone because, uh, or, or with a a replacement host because no one else can make me look good. Honestly. Well, that's, that's, that's very nice. Uh, you're saying in comparison, right? No, no. You're (laughs) you're carrying me. Oh, so you're saying that I'm, I'm, I'm your North star. I'm your compass. In yes, this, uh, yes. in this uh, vast abyss that we float through, known as the fantasy baseball space, uh, just well, put thanks, put buddy. my put my two hundred and thirty pound self into your backpack, please. I'm imagining me carrying you like on the front of me, like in a baby Bjorn, like in a papoose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm swaddling you, <laughs> <laughs> just carrying my an, an, just another one of my large adult sons along. Oh God, yeah. But no, it's good to be back with you here, buddy. Um, just at the top of the episode, let's do all the usual stuff. Obviously, thank you for joining us again. Uh, if you want to have updates on when we're going to be having new episodes, when we're doing the streams on Schwebzy's Twitch channel and everything like that, feel free to follow us uh, on Twitter. That's for our shared account. It is in the deep PL. Uh, you can also follow us individually at Schwebzy for Schwebzy. That's S-H-W-E-B-S-I and then Bunt Singles for myself. And then if you have any uh, mailbag questions, want to give us some feedback, anything like that, we also do have an email that you can shoot stuff to that is in the deep PL at gmail.com. And as I said before, with Schwebzy's Twitch stream, we stream the prep and recording of this podcast every Sunday, well, 
almost every Sunday night when life doesn't get in the way. <laughs> uh, and that's going to be over at twitch.tv backslash Schwebzy. Again, that's S-H-W-E-B-S-I. Uh, every Sunday asterisk. Yes, exactly. Uh, so this isn't necessarily, again, uh, a normal episode like we usually would be doing. We're actually going to go over a lot of the implications uh, from the trades that happened right before the trade deadline uh, this past week. So uh, at the top of the show, we kind of just wanted to go over some people that we would likely be recommending on a more like normal, usual episode of the pod. So Schwebzy, who do we have here up at the top? Yeah, so what we're going to do this week is we're we're literally going to take you through team by team so we hopefully don't miss anybody or any of the implications. Yes. But if this was a normal week where we were going to dive deep into players and uh, really kind of like try to try to analyze why these guys are good and why they're going to continue to succeed, uh, we're just kind of going to gloss over who we would be talking about in a normal week. So uh, first off is Bradley Zimmer, who is playing every day for the ravaged Cleveland future guardians. I like calling them the future guardians because it sounds kind of like sci-fi and kind of cool. It sounds very sci-fi. I like that right? a lot actually. Yeah. So the, the future guardians uh, have a, a pretty bad offense. Bradley Zimmer has very little competition for at bats and he is a nice little power speed threat. Uh, Rodolfo Castro for the Pittsburgh pirates is interesting and he's interesting because he hits some massive dongs and then when he's not doing that he doesn't do anything else <laughs> he's he's so what you're saying is he's the type of player that we really really like here at in the deep <laughs> he's not I, I'm, <laughs> hang on i'm gonna fact check this while i'm talking but i'm pretty sure that he is very much not a large boy that hit ball far I'm pretty oh, sure he's, he's a big boy. i'm pretty sure he's a tiny boy that hits ball far nice no, he's, he's six foot 200 he's larger than i thought okay but uh, yeah, he uh, he's he's got like five home runs in 35 plate appearances, which is an absurd rate. But he also has like an average exit velo of 88, which means when he's not hitting dingers, he's just not doing anything. <laughs> so uh, perhaps, you know, perhaps like a, maybe a little bit unsustainable. Yeah, maybe. So, but, but he's got middle infield eligibility. Yes. Which the combination of pop and middle infield eligibility is nice so uh it's you know it's possible that he could hit some dingers for you um we've got our our token uh weekly mention of the san francisco giants obligatory it has to happen every single week we're sorry we're contractually obligated at this point we have to do it it's it's funny because uh it, it's well known that uh this is just a thing that the giants are doing this year with unknown players producing surprisingly uh, and there have been people in the discord telling me for several weeks now, when are you going to talk about Tyro Estrada? And I say literally never like over my dead body. Will I talk about Tyro Estrada? And yet, well, here I am <laughs> talking about Tyro Estrada. Turns out, turns out Schwebzy is actually deceased. And he actually, before he actually did put on like a little filter on his webcam to make himself look like a ghost. So he literally looks dead. Right I do. Right I have I, between my my uh, ghostly visage and my. I, I do have a voice modulator. I, I could. I could really. Please, uh, no. I could really. Don't yeah, do it. No. No. Just giving me flashbacks to when we played D anD D, and you just put like this super deep. Like it was like I'm trying to think what that voice modulation was applied to. That was like a classic. It, it, I don't know. I was. I was. A, I was supposed like, to be like, like whenever you saw like someone who was like an anonymous person on a TV show <laughs> who wanted to keep their identity hidden. That's what it sounds like. Roll for initiative. Roll, roll, roll for initiative. 
but uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, the Tyro Estrada, Lamont Wade Jr. and Darren Ruff have all been just hitting out of their minds lately. Yeah. But the the common thread between these guys is that they're none of them are going to be playing every day. At least uh, in our estimation, Lamont Wade Jr. is at the moment, but probably won't be once uh, a couple of guys come back off the IL, which will be happening soon. Yes. We'll talk about that in a little bit, too, once we get to like the trades and things like that. So yeah. so I, I think these are players where uh, a, a deep bench is required because yes. uh, and also a daily league is required and also staying on top of the lineups is required. So these aren't like plug and play kind of players. Mm-hmm. But if you do get them in your lineup on the days that they're playing, yeah, it's, it's probably going to be fruitful. Uh, just unrelated, if the Giants traded for Lewis Brinson, I think I would pick him up immediately. That makes one of us. Uh, instantly. <laughs> immediate. I, I wouldn't I, even... Uh, I, would, you, I would break my mouse with how hard I clicked the mouse button. Smash that subscribe <laughs> button on, on Lewis Brinson. Smash that pick up Lewis Brinson button. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll get to more. I mean, we're going to, again, because this is a... A very not so secretly a San Francisco Giants fan cast at some points. We will talk more about the Giants very soon here. Uh, but speaking of uh, standing certain teams, my Milwaukee Brewers, Tyrone Taylor's been playing pretty well recently too, which has been really, really nice. And with Christian Yelich currently out on COVID IL, having contracted COVID, um, he's filling the gaps that are needed really nicely right now. Uh, I think he's hitting over 400 over the past couple of weeks, has a couple home runs, decent number of uh, runs and RBIs thrown in there too. So he's getting those counting stats. Uh, I just know I, I really want to see what Tyron Taylor could do with like a full slate of uh, plate appearances. Yeah. Well, I mean, even like between him and then both, like that's the thing is the Brewers just have had good filler outfield play between him and Jace Peterson because Jace Peterson can play infield and outfield. Uh, looking at this here, let me see. Yeah, so he's been mostly hitting in the middle of the order. Like five, through, oh, middle to end of the order. So five through seven mostly over the past couple of weeks or so. Um, but yeah, has made the most of his opportunities then. He, had, like, he went like three for five one game against Pittsburgh with three doubles and three runs scored. I mean, he yeah, he's been really, really good. So another person that we would highly recommend uh, until Yelich is back, obviously, then he's going to be losing quite a bit of playing time. Yep, and uh, Brendan Rodgers is starting to exhibit some pop. Uh, yes. He's, uh, a lot of why we've recommended him in the past uh, just boils down to he's in cores and he had great pop prospect reports. So, you know, we're, we're hoping for the hit and power tools to show up and uh, for the home field to really ca- uh, carry him to some great numbers. And we might be seeing that now. Rogers uh, has hit, a, uh, I think it's three home runs in the last week now. And he's, yeah, I, I like, he's all again, a an, an middle infielder, middle infield eligible. So he's a really nice pickup for a, kind of a rare combination of statistic and position. Absolutely. And then also you, you have down here, uh, Luis Arias. Yeah. I, I, we've talked, we've talked about him enough. Yeah. I, you guys know what I'm going to say batting average anchor as as much as as long as he plays he's going to put up a roughly 300 batting average get you some mm-hmm. runs and hopefully stabilize that batting average he's been on and off the il all year which is the why he's keeps settling under 20 percent rostered 
but yeah, Arias is a nice little player to uh, kind of like, he's like a glue guy. I, I like guys like this that uh, cost basically nothing and can boost the batting average because sometimes yeah, exactly. yeah, bat, batting average is tough, man, especially in today's environment. Yeah, exactly. And you have someone like this. And then, I mean, a lot of people that we do recommend on this pod will often be, like I said before, when it came to like Rodolfo Castro, like, I mean, sort of an empty power bat is kind of the profile that we saw. This helps kind of balance that out. So having like a a, a heel to the face, um, to use wrestling terms, I don't know why. I don't even really watch wrestling that much, but <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's nice to have someone to balance that out on each end. So pick up both Arias and Castro and somehow combine them. Smash them into one perfect baseball boy. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I, I was I was off on that Brandon Rogers thing. He has four home runs since the 26th. There we go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's been pretty good this past week. Has been very, on very a roll. Solid. And uh, moving on to two pitchers that we really like in 20% or the 20% or less range. Luis. Okay, so this this first one that you so you pointed out the roster ship numbers for this next guy. And I was very surprised that he is yeah. still this uh, lowly rostered and all these leagues it kind of blows my mind especially after his last start just absolutely annihilating the yankees in his last start and with the peripherals to back it up this is somebody that the fantasy world has kind of been waiting like we're we're waiting to see that one elite seven inning start or whatever where he, he like puts it all together and we got it so I mean, this could go in one of two ways. It could be his best start of the year and we go back to underwhelming or this could be a jumping off point to some uh, a stretch that carries you in the late season. You know, Patino's not even 22 yet. That's like, so crazy to think about. Right? I feel like we've been talking about him for like three or four years now at this point. Yeah, because I mean, I think, I don't know if it's prospect fatigue or just because he's not technically on lists anymore, but like, he was one of the top like 15 prospects in all of baseball when he was in San Diego before he got traded to the Rays. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know. I think people like prospects, especially like once they're, they actually do finally get the call up and they do make a few starts. They just continually lose their shine with each passing start. And eventually like, well, at least in his case, it seems like he has finally kind of figured it out because he had so much success repeatedly in AAA every single time he was there. He would come up, make a couple starts, go back down, do really, really well, come back up, still not quite figure it out, go back down. And now it seems like he's kind of getting the hang of it and catching on. So, um, yeah, that start against the Yankees was sick. So good. In a, in two starts against the Yankees this year, he's gone 10 innings, given up one run, and struck out 11. So he's maybe Patino is just a Yankee killer. That'll play. I mean, he's actually oh, he's got one... Two, three. He's got five appearances where he gave up uh, one earned run or fewer. Mm-hmm. And then in the other three appearances he's made this year, it was four runs, seven runs, four runs. So, it's yeah. Too- so, yeah, uh, maybe we need some consistency. But, uh, he, you know, yeah. he, he went to the minors for a while. He came back. Uh, he had a, a rough uh, appearance against Cleveland where he gave up four runs. And then immediately following that was the New York masterpiece. So yes, hopefully we're, this is a trend towards the right direction. But the uh, the the thing that you should you should be taking away here is that he's got the potential to be among the best starters in baseball. Yes, he's got the stuff for it. So you should be picking him up. He's ten percent rostered right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, easy it's if free, you want. It's free real estate. Hey, 
Hey, hey it's free it's real estate. It's free. Uh, yeah. I mean, at this point in the season two, like you're not going to get many chances like this to find someone who's probably going to get consistent starts for the rest of the year. Um, this is probably your one opportunity. Please go after it and get it. Um, I, I've, I've been saying a lot that um, Mueller was the guy that I like the most with the most potential in 20% or under range. And Mueller has graduated. He has. Yes. So now that goes to Patino. Yes. He's the new valedictorian. I guess we could call this person. Is that like a term that we could use for them? Oh, we can do better than that. We can do better than that. Okay. We'll, we'll come up with something. We'll, we'll workshop it. Uh, but also speaking of another pitcher that one that I've talked about many times before too, also has a fair amount of success against the Yankees as it turns out. Valedictorian. Uh, ooh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's better. I think we'll we can get, do we'll get better than we'll that. Get there. We'll get there. But uh, speaking obviously of Tanner Houck, um, he got sent back down to AAA, but he probably will be getting called back up this coming week to make a start most likely on, I think it's Friday. There's a doubleheader or Saturday. I can't remember which day. I believe you're right. He's probably going to be starting the second game of that doubleheader though. So I expect him to be making those spot starts over the next few weeks and throughout the rest of the season. And I, I don't know. It's surprising to me that he wasn't provided the opportunity to get that uh, fifth starting spot over Garrett Richards, considering how I just think has looked better than Garrett Richards has, but this low year. bar, but yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not a high bar to clear, unfortunately for Garrett Richards, but I mean, Tanner Houck, again, the slider is where he finds his, his success. If he can like put it in, like pretty much he, he can throw it over the plate and get as many strikes as he wants with it. And it's, oh man, it's just so disgusting. He's, so, I mean, his fastball has been well, a lot improved too this year. So Houck isn't like, he, he's not going to go deep into games. Mm-mm. But his last three appearances, he's totaled 11.2 innings, struck out 18, and only allowed one earned run, yep. which is good for a 0.77 ERA. So That was pretty much and, like the three-game stretch that he had at the end of last year when he first came up and made his first few appearances. And that was against Toronto, New York, and New York. So, you know, no slouches. Quality offenses, yeah. So Tanner Houck, continually a uh, favorite of mine personally. He's uh, a horse that I want to hitch my wagon to. For the next few years, I think. Um, so yeah, Dynasty Leagues, if you can get him. He's probably one of my favorite people you can pick up. But all right. Uh, I think that's it for just like folks that we would mention on like a normal episode. Schwebzy, let's fire through 30 teams. Yeah, that's cool. I, I meant to do that section in about five minutes. And here we are like 19, 20 minutes into this thing. Yeah, it's fine. We're good. We're great. <laughs> we, We're might go, we might go a little long. Make a little long. We'll try. I'll try to keep us on track here. Obviously, take, there's going take to be a shot because we. Oh God, we oh, might go boy. a little long. Oh no! <laughs> All right, let's try to do this. We're going to go in alphabetical order, uh, just for simplicity for us in terms of our research. That was the easiest way to do it. Um, so let's start with Atlanta. So just to go over who they were able to get, they acquired Eddie Rosario, Adam Duvall, Jorge Soler, Richard Rodriguez, and Stephen Vogt. So there's not really out of any of those names, any like deep league relevant names, except for maybe vote, right? Like that's pretty much it. Yeah. So uh, just a little clarification here. We're not going to go through every single player that got traded because uh, that's just some of these guys are, you know, minor leaguers or rostered everywhere. Like you you guys know. Yeah. You guys we're, know about Max Scherzer. We're not a Max Scherzer kind of podcast, so uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be talking. We're, 
we're going to discuss the fantasy implications for guys in our range, which is 20% or less. So yeah, like Evoke might be relevant for deep two catcher leagues, but even there, I kind of doubt it. But uh, RIP to Orlando Arcia, sleep well, my sweet Bofa. My sweet Brewer's old friend. He, oh God. Yeah, that 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 uh, experiment was very short lived, and I, I I admire Atlanta for still, even though they're not in the best position, still trying to go for it this year, and not giving up. Uh, I like that they went and got Adam Duvall. That's probably my favorite pickup out of anyone here. They um, they they smell blood as as the Mets trip on their own feet and give themselves a bloody nose. Oh, we'll get to that, buddy. <laughs> we'll get to that. We're we're well on our way. Uh, let's move on here quick uh, to Arizona. So they traded away uh, Joaquin Soria and Eduardo Escobar to my Milwaukee Brewers, that which we will also get to a little bit later. Um, so I guess the only real implication here is like maybe a new closer. Yeah, like I mean, you could go for Tyler Clippard, who is under twenty percent. But do you really like this? Is there's a couple situations post trade deadline that I will absolutely not touch, and this is yeah. one of them. Absolutely like, not. Like I was avoiding Arizona earlier in the year, and that was a mistake because if I had taken Soria earlier in the year, I would have benefited eventually. But like I, I don't know. I like I don't trust any single reliever in that bullpen right now to get outs over the next two months reliably. It's been, it's been a pretty abysmal situation in Arizona when it comes to bullpen arms. <laughs> I mean, I remember picking up early this year, uh, thinking that Stephen Crichton was going to be like a sneaky like value. And he ends up having what, like a seven plus ERA yeah. and getting sent back to AAA. Like it's just been bad there. Re- so. Remember when JB Bukowskis was striking out the world in the minor leagues and we're like, Oh, look at that. Safe speculation. Here, here future comes, closer. Here He's comes, also, baby. also got like a seven and a half ERA. God, yeah. Oh rough. yeah. Shout out to our, uh, one of our participants in the Twitch chat, uh, Jay hook, uh, asking if Cattell Marte can close, which I mean, at this point, yeah, I think the answer is the best bet. I think the answer is yes, but he would get hurt. Yes, but no worse than like literally anyone else either. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. All right. Let's go to, let's scoot on down to Baltimore. So they just, I mean, they didn't do a whole, whole lot. They just traded away Freddie Galvis pretty much. Um, there, there were a lot of teams that weirdly did not do anything like little to nothing at all you think yeah i don't know it was it was odd to me there were some people that were wheeling and dealing but yeah baltimore just didn't do anything really so i guess with the galvis news is there anything we can look at for deep leagues there schwebs i mean it means everyday playing time for ramon urias yeah but i don't think that matters much a better real life player than fantasy player like uh, it's it's kind of a just an empty batting average like, yeah, so I, the, I guess the real answer is no, unless you're in maybe a 30-team league where Ramon Arias can be a middle infielder for you. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, let's move on to a team that's a little bit more interesting, I think, to a certain extent. Uh, Boston. So they got Kyle Schwarber from the Nationals, and then they traded away Michael Chavis. Um, there probably isn't a ton to look at here in terms of deep leagues but what do we have to look at schwebs uh, yeah the red sox are one of those teams that's just too good for us they're they're too swanky yeah. for us they like they, they have very few players that are uh <laughs> I, I don't want to say bad but uh, not rostered enough for us to care about fancy um, relevant yeah yeah that's yeah. a good way to put it that's see that's what i mean you make me look good <laughs> i make myself you, look good you, you give me the good words <laughs> thank you uh <laughs> I, I get you give me the good words thank you uh so you would think that with uh chavis going away 
that that might mean uh, our boy Bobby K Dingers, Bobby Dalbeck might get some more playing time. But it appears that at this moment, the first base job in Boston is going to a platoon of Bobby Dalbeck versus lefties and Franchi Cordero versus righties. Yeah, that was kind of a wild development, wasn't it? I don't understand. I think I need an adult. I don't get this. <laughs> I can't help you here either. Cause I, I mean, I, I did not see that coming either. Uh, and also, I mean, talking about this too, you wanted to pitch a, I mean, we'll see how the community receives it. You wanted to pitch a new term. Yes. Uh, for a sleeper that never wakes up, which, uh, if you're unaware that, 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 that is Franchi Cordero in this situation. Yes. Sleeping beauty. I like it. I do actually like that one a lot. I think that's a nice, clean way to describe something like that. And I think uh, I'm trying to think if there's like so, a better poster child for that type of phrase than Franchi. But like Franchi seems like the one that is in, at least this year was the most popular. Yeah, I, I think I think in this case they they remain asleep until Farhan Zaidi uh, kisses them on the mouth, and then they uh, are suddenly really good. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh wow! Just just a, just a just a real good, just ah oh, wow. Okay, I'm just my my imagination is running away from me right now, and I can't handle it. I'm just gonna move on before I linger on that a little bit too long. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Chicago Cubs. Uh, so they acquired uh, Nick Madrigal and Cody uh, Hoyer. Is it Hoyer? Oh God, I gotta look yeah, this up. Yeah, let me try this it. again. Yeah, Cody Hoyer. Cody. Um, uh, and then they traded away their essentially their big three: Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, along with bullpen arms Ryan Tapera and Andrew Chafin, who they sent to the White Sox on the South Side. So a little uh, North Side South Side trade there. Um, so the big implications here are like we don't know exactly who's going to be closing for the Cubs now because they got rid of Kimbrel, um, they got rid of. Tapera, Chafin, like those are the three biggest arms that they had in their bullpen that were likely to have that job. Um, so right now, according to roster resource, it's a toss up between Dan Winkler, Kyle Ryan, and Cody Hoyer. And I guess the only person that I think that I would actually be willing to take a shot on there would be Cody Hoyer. He's uh, currently 4% rostered in ESPN and Yahoo leagues. And so he's going to be available out there in pretty much every single league if you're trying to like make up on saves. But the thing is that you still have like Rowan Wick and Dylan Maples, who are both on the IL but coming back soon, who might throw a wrench in those plans. So it's really hard to say what the situation is even going to be like a week from now. I kind of just want to avoid this altogether because the Cubs just don't. I mean, they they stripped the entire thing bare. It doesn't feel like there's going to be that many save opportunities to begin with anyways. So I think uh, that I would personally try to like steer clear. See, I I I think I disagree because this isn't like th- this isn't like Texas or um, Arizona where like the pitchers are abysmal. You know, no, like no, Rowan, not at all. like Wick has succeeded in the role before. Hoyer was very impressive in uh, his few innings last year. I I think. I think if you guess right on this one, and it kind of is a guess, that uh, you you could have a pretty solid closer for the rest of the year. Like even bad bad teams still give you save ops. 
Oh, no, I'm not saying that there won't be any. I'm just saying there's not going to be as many, obviously, as there would be sure, otherwise, sure. just because they strip that entire offense bare at this point for parts, um, which they got a pretty good return in prospects. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it was a complete loss. Um, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, well, don't worry. We're getting there, Schwebzy. We're going to get to your Mets. I know. Uh, but uh, you also wrote something here, though, uh, about Rafael Ortega. So what do you have to say uh, about him? So Rafael Ortega, before a week ago, was a 30-year-old journeyman who had never really done anything ever in the majors. Um, but oh, <laughs> the, then what happened? Uh, <laughs> the last three days, Ortega, yeah. Ortega is 8 for 13 with four home runs and a stolen base, including three home, a three-home run day today. Uh, or, or yesterday, technically, at this point. Uh, I, and I cannot explain it. Um, he's hitting leadoff every day. So we've already seen probably the best stretch of his life in the last three days. Like, you know, I, I doubt he continues to do anything he, remotely he, like this. He has peaked, I yes. would say. That's where I'm at. But even even being past that peak, he is hitting leadoff for a Major League Baseball team. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that. Yeah, we we know that. Uh, how how many leadoff hitters in baseball just aren't valuable? Very few. It, it's are not it's not valuable. many. It's basically Victor Robles, and that's the list. But uh, sorry, that's, that's, that's a tweet. Just just taking shots at the Nats at this point. Just <laughs> just kicking them while they're down. Um, As a good Mets fan does. <laughs> uh, so, uh, do you, do you think that uh, Ortega could be our new Lamont Wade Jr.? How dare you take his name in vain like that? How dare you? How did Schwebzy the body is not even cold. You know that I you know that I have feelings about what's probably going to happen to Lamont Wade Jr. pretty soon. Yeah, we're worried that Lamont's going to lose his playing time. But uh... yeah, but anyways, uh, so there's also David Bodie, right? Yes, I, 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 I love David Bodie to the point where I have an emote of him in my discord. Yes, you do. I uh, forgot about that. It's a little bit of a meme. Yes. But the meme has origins in things that really happened because David Bodie has, uh, it tends to be clutch in uh, situations with men on base. Uh, dude gets ribbies and uh, he's a bit of a stat cast darling, hits the ball hard. And yes. now, now that the Cubs roster is in shambles, uh, he's got every opportunity to, uh, you know, bat in the middle of the lineup, drive in some runs, do what he does and, and be uh, the goatee, uh, David Bodie. Bodie the goatee, yes. All right, uh, let's shift down to the south side of Chicago now. So like we said before, they got Kimbrell from the Cubs. They also got Cesar Hernandez from Cleveland, and then also Tapera again from the Cubs. And they traded away Madrigal and Hoyer. Um, are there really that many implications for the White Sox? This is another team that it feels like they're too good for us to talk about, right? The, the only implication here is that I no longer get to roster Danny Mendick as a joke. <laughs> Um, Fair enough. <laughs> th- this is another one of those teams like Boston where uh, like everyone on the team is too good for us to care about as a deep league podcast. Yes. Yeah, we just don't get enough. Uh, they're just too highly rostered across the board. So it's really hard for us to find folks like even like, sorry, I got distracted. I looked at chat. My bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, it, chat brings up a good point where uh, we, we might have a closer by committee in the South side now, which mean, yeah, Hendricks and Kim- Kimbrell, but I mean, again, that's not going to be super relevant for like the deep leagues necessarily. 
Um, yeah, go check. Go check if uh, Craig Kimbrell's on your waiver wires, guys. If he is, that actually it, it actually is relevant for uh, only leagues. So you know, if you're in an AL only league and uh, you're looking at Craig Kimbrell, wondering if uh, is this guy going to get saves with Hendricks around, the answer is supposedly yes. Just not all of them. So yeah. Um. All right. I think that's it for the White Sox. Again, not too many people for us to talk about there, just because they are too good for us. Uh, let's move down to Cleveland. So the big acquisition for them, which I mean, it's big for us because we can actually talk about it as Miles Straw. Um, he's been playing pretty decently in his first couple games there, hasn't he? He's got a hit, home run yesterday. Hit yeah, he hit, a, he hit a home run yesterday. Uh, he's got the speed to steal bases. He's going to play good defense in center field. Um, so Straw is probably a fine pickup if you need like some stolen base help. I don't think he's going to give you that much pop, but um if you need the stolen base help miles straw is going to be someone who gets consistent playing time there in cleveland now through the rest of the season uh and then this is another opportunity for schwebzy to talk about one of his favorite boys that left the mets at the beginning of this year one andres jimenez schwebzy dude i like i i started collecting baseball cards like two years ago right yeah and uh, one of the things that I collect specifically is like uh, rookie and prospect autographs of Mets because, uh, you know, I, I, I like being it makes me even more invested in the prospects of my team. And my God, I'm just it's just like man down every other month. It's just like, you know, I, I'm just over here, like stroking my Pete Armstrong autograph and my Andres Jimenez autograph and my <laughs> Isaiah Green autograph. Just uh, every everyone getting traded away. But I do still follow them when they uh, go to other teams. And Andres Jimenez is going to get another opportunity. He didn't travel with the team to Toronto because of some uh, U.S. citizenship holdups. But I feel pretty good saying that he's better than Owen Miller because Owen Miller is just not very good. And I don't think that he'll be an impediment to him. And as once the future Guardians are back in the United States in a week, Uh Jimenez had a really weird stretch in June where like Jimenez is like notoriously pretty slapdick as a, as a player, but he hit six home runs in six days, one each game. He hit 370 in that stretch and struck out 12 times. That's like really not his game. He's not like a, a big power, big strikeout guy. It was a really weird aberration. He's kind of gone back to normal since, I, I don't know if it was an approach thing and like he hit a bunch of dingers and then was like, nah, I don't like that. And then went back to his normal self. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, but he had a really, really rough go of it in the first month of this year. I, but he, he looked really good as a really young player debuting in the majors last year. And he's a strong mm-hmm. defensive player, which we know can keep a guy in the lineup. Uh, I like, he was such a valuable deep piece deep league piece in 2020 uh he's he's near and dear to my heart because he held my nl only team to a ship uh and i think if he gets called up and you're in need of stolen bases i i would snatch him up immediately he's only got six right now in the minors but he's displayed the willingness to run and that's a, a huge part of the battle for stolen bases stolen bases a lot about intent not so much about speed more about intent so yes, I mean, yeah, he was great last year. He was also on one of my auto new teams. He was a super nice find in 2020. I got really, really lucky with him as well. And he did help me out a ton in a couple of my roto leagues, especially in the stolen base category. So 
Uh, yeah, let's move on. Okay, we're going to talk about a couple teams here that really, like, I mean, there's not a lot to talk about. Um, I mean, for- Colorado arguably had the biggest pickup of the deadline, or at least my personal favorite pickup of the deadline. <laughs> this, this is literally Schwebsy just trying to cause me pain personally. <laughs> so, I hit, I uh, hit record and chose <laughs> violence. So Colorado, Colorado acquired Ashton Goodell. Uh, or as he was called in our chat, Ashton Baddo. And the reason that uh, <laughs> the reason that uh, Godot is a, a meme in these parts is because Jordan bought a box of baseball cards called a Tops Inception. And if you're not familiar, this is a, a way too expensive box of baseball cards with like it's, six cards in it. It's premier. It's yeah, premier. It's too, it is, too it much money a, for six baseball cards. That's um, what it is. And you're guaranteed an autograph in this box of baseball cards that you are. And the, the autograph that Jordan received was one Ashton Godot, one 28 year old rookie Ashton Godot. It's safe and, to say that I did not make even a, like even like a 10th of my money back on that box. And I, 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 I feel we're far enough away from the, the event where I, I will now uh, make fun of it mercilessly. You were doing the, it the next day. <laughs> Come on, I, now. I thought that was also far enough away. Okay, that's fair. Probably fair. But yeah, it was, uh, it was funny in retrospect. No, in in, in uh, on a serious note, we have absolutely no idea what Colorado is doing. They really didn't. They traded away Michael Givens. They got Godot, uh, Noah Davis, and Case Williams. I think from yeah, like the Reds. We, like we were I, like. You would hope that they traded away some guys like, I don't know, CJ Crone, Trevor Story, uh, to open up yeah. more playing time for some interesting players uh, in cores, but that did not happen. So, uh, yeah, we can, we can just ignore Colorado like everyone else does. Yeah, and the same thing for like, we're going to talk about Detroit here very, very fast. They traded Daniel Norris to the Brewers, and then they got uh, minor leaguer starting pitcher Reese Olsen in return. That's I just, it. That's I just know that they made. I just know that Norris is going to be awesome for the Brewers. I really hope so. He's he's shown flashes, especially as a reliever. And I mean, I trust it, everything yeah. that David Stearns does. You yeah. know this, but, but yeah. Otherwise, uh, you know, no no real deep league implications there, other than normal Detroit Tiger deep league stuff, visual stuff. Yes, of course. Um, the the, okay, t- the Detroit Tigers are like the anti Sox, where all of their players are relevant to us because none kinda, of them are very good. Yeah. Except Someone for that, Jonathan Scope. Someone that we didn't talk about at the top of the show, but I also just want to hit on real quick. Miguel Cabrera just is timeless. He's hitting 300 over the past couple of weeks with a couple of home runs. And like, I, I don't know. He's, he's still swinging the bat super well at like, cause he isn't, he, he's like 74 years old, right? Something like that. Something like that. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, he continues to hit the ball really, really well. If you need a corner infielder, he still has first base eligibility, I think now. So uh, let's move to, Houston real quick here as well. So they traded for a bunch of bullpen arms, Yimi Garcia, Rafael Montero, and Kendall Graveman. So they got Yimi Garcia from the Marlins, Montero and Graveman from the Mariners. Uh, They also traded away, like we talked about before, uh, Miles Straw, and then Abraham Toro went to the Mariners. Uh, So basically with Houston, Ryan Presley is currently on the paternity list. He's not going to be there very long, probably the next few days or so, two to three days, I would think. Uh, during that time, I think that Graveman's going to take any of the closing duties until he returns. Uh, Graveman still, because he was 
the consensus closer in Seattle before he was traded currently clears our usual roster ship threshold. But I think once Presley returns, that number is likely going to drop precipitously, which is why I'm spending as much time as I am talking about him. Uh, and since he's likely going to be taking the eighth inning in most scenarios, he can vulture wins. He can maybe get a save here or there if Presley needs a day off. So I think that he still has value. Uh, it's just a matter of if he's going to be available and how precipitously that uh, roster ship number is going to drop once Presley does return. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be any lineup implications after uh, trading away Toro and Straw? So Toro and Straw, notably with Straw, uh, it seems like they're buying into having Chas McCormick play center field every day. Uh, and he's likely just like Miles Straw was, he's going to be relegated to the bottom of the order. So we're going to, continue to kind of like parrot the same mantra that we have uh, pretty much the whole season about the Astros. Like they're a really, really good offense. So even though he's going to be relegated to that seven, eight or nine spot, probably they're one of the best offenses in the league. There's going to be people on base for him more often than other teams would have. And I think that although he does have kind of a crummy OBP and average, he does have some pop. He's got some speed. He's going to get you a little bit of both probably for the rest of the season. So if you can handle that hit to your average or your on-base percentage, I think that Chas McCormick is at least worth a look. Um, uh, and then with Aledmus Diaz, he's going to be covering third base basically with Toro now gone to Seattle and then Alex Bregman on the IL. Uh, so I think, again, he's going to be getting everyday playing time and he's fresh off a two-home run game against the Giants. So... Yeah, I think he's worth a pickup. So the the first time that Chaz McCormick came uh, into my attention was uh, when I was streaming Yusei Kikuchi against the Astros. And yes. this this was when the Astros had their COVID thing and everyone was out oh, of the lineup. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yes, Kikuchi is going to eat. And then Chaz McCormick hit a dong off of him. And I'm like, cool, yep. I hate Chaz McCormick now. So that's uh, that's how I feel about Chaz. His name is Chaz. Come on. Chaz. Well, I think most people's frame of reference for Chaz McCormick is if you saw, like, I mean, this was a thing that was on Twitter quite a bit, was his his photo that they have oh, right. on NFC and on NFBC is it's I think it's like a graduation photo or something like that, and he looks like an accountant or like a computer science major or something like that. It's just, yeah, it's just it's wild. Uh, he doesn't look like a ball player. We'll just say that, but um, I would trust him to do my taxes though. Yes, exactly. He's a, he's a CPA. Exactly. There you uh, go. I, would, I would trust him to do my taxes and also ruin my streams. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. I lost my spot. Oh, there we go. Kansas City up next. Uh, so they traded away Jorge Soler to Atlanta. And then where did Danny Duffy go? I've already forgotten. Duffy went to the Dodgers in a, re- in a likely yes. relief role, which is there interesting for the Dodgers, but not really fantasy relevant. As for as for Soler moving on though, uh, yes. it opens up a spot for hopefully Edward Olivares. <sighs> I, I, this is this is like this. I I I, I wrote the hundredth time in the notes, but like literally, I think it's like the fifth time he's come up this year. Maybe yeah, he's gotten I, bounced around quite a bit. It's, it, sad. it's like at least like three four times. Um, I don't know what Olivares did to Dayton Moore to make Moore hate him so. But hopefully he actually gets to stay in the majors and get some plate appearances this time. His minor league numbers are really, really good. It would be really nice to see if he could replicate them in the majors. Like in AAA this year, he's hitting 322, 395 OBP, 572 slug, 13 home runs, 
12 stolen bases, 9 9% walk rate, 17% K rate. That's that seems really really good. Why can't all, this All of that is very pretty. <laughs> let this man play. Just let him play, please. Please. Free, uh, yeah, free Edward. Hashtag free Edward. Let's start the campaign. All right. Right now we're doing it. I'm sure that someone else already has, but oh my God, it's just getting bounced around as much as he has. I really wish he, they would just let him settle for a bit. But like you said, I mean, 13 double digit home runs and stolen bases in like a very short sample in the, in the minors this year. I mean, very clearly the profile is there for someone who could be an absolute monster. Um, and I hope he can settle in. Chat, chat is calling this uh, Charlie Brown with the football, and it very much is. I, I will, I will take that swing every time. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, in in this case, Dayton Moore being Lucy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, hopefully he sticks this time. Fingers crossed. We would love to see it. And obviously, if he can at all replicate what he has done in the minors this year, he's an absolute stud for you for the rest of the year um let's go to the los angeles angels really the only thing that they did was trade away andrew heaney um schwebs i know you wrote this one up who does this really i mean does does this open an opportunity for anyone it does and we actually saw the beneficiary today uh because reed detmers made his first major league start Mm mm-hmm Prior to his first start, I looked into his minor league numbers, and I'm going to be totally honest here. I was literally just stat line scouting, and I looked at his strikeout numbers. I said, great. I looked at his home run numbers, and I was like, oh, no. Um, And my just hypothesis by looking at his stat line was like, that's probably some really good breakers in a mediocre fastball, like Patrick Sandoval-esque. Is, was my was my immediate reaction and yeah that is kind of what we got uh af- after like looking more into him a bit it's uh it sounds like he's got a nice curveball the fastball relies on command more than uh any kind of movement or velocity uh and in his first major league start today gave up a couple dingers so uh yeah uh i i would like to give him more time before I write him off for this year. Um, Oh God, I should actually like look at who he's going to be starting against soon. Huh? But, uh, he only struck out two batters. So if he's not like that, that was kind of his thing in the minors was just being like his strikeout rate was off the charts. So if he's not striking guys out, I don't know how much value he has, it looks like his next start is going to be against at LA as in the Dodgers. And that oh is a the hardest of passes for me. Big challenge for the kid and not one that I'm going to actually run out there in my fantasy lineup. So maybe a stash if you can afford it, but I'd probably let this one sit on the waivers. Yeah. I mean, you can pick him up preemptively and just let him sit on your bench, but I, yeah, not at, uh, at the Dodgers is not, the not the place that i would choose to stream someone in any capacity no thank you that'll be a pass for me as well um okay and speaking of the dodgers let's just move there really quick this is we're gonna glaze over this very very fast because we already know what happened with them they got duffy that we talked about before uh they also got max scherzer and trey turner uh known uh deep league targets (laughs) yeah uh for for our notes on the dodgers you can see the socks and also the socks because uh, oh, they they man. just have too many good players for us to to care about what happens uh yeah over at in the Dodgers stadium 
yeah, so no no real deep league implications, but the deals did make me really sad. So uh, if that's something that makes you happy, yeah, good good for you. Uh, uh, the Dodgers look like they're going to be a uh, juggernaut once again. Yeah, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> just, oh. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, okay, it's so like, just, just to be short, it made us both kind of sad. Uh, yeah, yeah, because we, uh, we are just both. Just this concentration of power. We are both fans like of the division leaders of the two other divisions. So we're just exactly like both of our teams made moves. Yeah. But I mean, none I, of them I still were think... remotely in this class. Yeah, that's fair. Um, we'll get to it. We'll get to it shortly. But the, the Brewers are like, work smarter, not harder. And the Dodgers are like, LOL. LOL. Money Here's machine. Go <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it. Let me throw money at my problems. There, we fixed it. Good, great, love it. Um, all right, uh, one that I actually, I mean, it's not going to be necessarily deep league relevant, although this person has been in the minors and not pitching super duper well so far this year. Uh, Miami picked up Jesus Lazardo from the A's. Uh, they also traded away Adam Duvall to Atlanta, Yimi Garcia to the Astros, and then Starling Marte to the A's for in the Lazardo deal, yes. right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I guess what are the implications here in terms of pitching staff and then also, um, I guess, maybe outfield stuff as well? Well, all right. So globally, every league, this is relevant because Miami might be the number one team to stream against now for the rest of the year. Facts, yes, very easily. They were among the worst offenses in baseball, and they just traded away two of their best hitters. So two True. of their only good hitters. Um, so as for deep leagues, uh, is it Anthony Bender season? I sure hope so. I would love well, that. It might be. Uh, our very, uh, I, I, it, it was Horton who wrote the article on him, right? Um. Yes. Yeah, so our, one of our favorite writers over at Pitcher List they're all my favorite, really. How can you pick just one? Uh, Kyle, Kyle Horton wrote an article on Anthony Bender recently and uh, focusing on the slider, which is very literally the second best pitch in baseball this year by some measures. So, yeah, we're hoping that Bender is the beneficiary of Yimi going over to Houston. Uh, yep. And he's got the capability to put up some crazy strikeout numbers and uh, pile up some... Well, <laughs> If, if Miami ever scores a run, uh, he could get some saves. Yes. But uh, as for the offense, um, dealing away, dealing Duvall and Marte doesn't impact that much. But um, uh, we, we've talked about Jesus Sanchez on the podcast before. And I think this just kind of locks in the fact that once he's off the IL, he will play every single day because, uh, oh, my God. Oh, uh, hang on. I'm pulling this up on roster resource real quick because it's the most abysmal thing I've ever seen. Um, their outfield right now is Brian De La Cruz, Lewis Brinson, and Magnarius Sierra. Brewer's old friend, yeah. Lewis Brinson to you. If it weren't for the Braves of literally just a week ago, this would be the worst outfield I've ever seen. Yeah, it's... Uh... Oh, boy. Actually, I would argue that, that, that the Atlanta outfield was better than this one. By like a decent margin, actually, but that's just me. Um, it's not great. Um, yeah. They're kind of in. They're kind of in a rebuild, right? 
they're kind of starting fresh in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, their, their pitching staff for the future looks like one of the most absurd pitching staffs that you're going to see in the league. It's, I, I would argue, like for the next like two or three years, I would say like two years from now, they might have the most dominant pitching staff in the league. It's it's going to be really interesting to see how they play their cards and how they supplement yeah. that ridiculous collection of arms but yeah, they could very easily parlay that into some better offensive pieces too depending on like who they offer up but yeah and i mean they they just got one more in lizardo so yeah the question <laughs> uh i'm not really expecting lizardo to have much impact this year he just has not been able to harness his stuff at all and could benefit from some more time in the minors where he currently has a 6.52 era the Marlins saw him and said the same thing as most of my high school girlfriends. Uh, I, they, they think they can fix him. Oh my God, Schwabs. <laughs> oh, buddy. I'm so sad. I can't handle that. If, it, if it's anything like my high school girlfriends, no, they can't. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, oh, Schwabs. Anyways, let's roll right past that. Okay. So anything else on the uh, on Miami or should we move on to my favorite team? Let's move on. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about Milwaukee really quick. I st- Okay, I, I know that there is at least a small like modicum of bias involved here, but I personally think that the deals that the Brewers made leading up to and right at the trade deadline were probably some of the best ones uh, out of any team in the league. So they got Rowdy Telez, which was a couple weeks ago at this point because obviously like, we didn't have an ap- episode last week. Life was happening. Uh, didn't have internet and then other things and stuff like that. So uh, much like earlier in the season when they got Willie Adamas, which I think is the best trade of the season by like a million miles. Um, Telez has been really, really good. He's been hitting 326. He's got four home runs since joining the Brewers a couple weeks ago. And even with the recent acquisition of Eduardo Escobar, I think that he's still going to get a ton of playing time at first base. And the best part about this is that he meets our requirements. He is 13% rostered in ESPN and Yahoo leagues. So if you want someone that's like a nice corner infield power bat potentially, or someone that's going to just like get plenty of opportunity and hit in the middle of the order, because he's, he's been hitting fifth uh, since he started getting regular playing time. I mean, he's the person that I want to get. They also got uh, during the leading up to the trade deadline they got uh like i said eduardo escobar unfortunately clears the threshold but then also daniel norris and john curtis i don't think either of them are really fantasy relevant in any capacity unless you're just looking for good ratios curtis is holds leagues i guess holds leagues that's true curtis will probably be a good one for holds leagues but uh rowdy also meets our, our criteria by being a very large boy that hits the ball very far yes he is he very much is uh also just this is uh a nice another reminder like david stearns is the raddest and it makes me very happy that the mets were not allowed to po- poach him from milwaukee because the milwaukee brewers literally told uh steve cohen that they could that he could not talk to david stearns uh, uh yeah well it's fine because clearly the mets are fine clearly clearly the mets are fine they definitely did not need a we don't smart need, baseball we don't, brain we don't like david stearns can you imagine like some okay, but can you imagine someone like David Stearns having money like Steve Cohen's to spend on a team? Sorry, right. next next year we'll we'll get Theo. Oh, you get Theo. I was yeah. like, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh let's move on now to let's see here, Minnesota. Uh so they traded away wait, what? Rosario? No, they Tra- didn't. 
Eddie Ros- uh oh, Cle- oh yeah, Cleveland had Eddie Rosario. No, so they just they just traded away uh, J. A. Happ and uh, uh, Jose Barrios. Yeah, that, no, that to- total brain fart for me. Forgetting that, uh, forgetting that Rosario was on Cleveland now. Was on, knew. was on Cleveland before. Oh, that's all right. Um, so yeah, the trade away happened. Uh, Barrios. What is the most interesting aspect of this? Obviously, there's rotation spots available with trading two starters. Yeah, it would be real nice if they had anybody waiting in the wings to take the rotation spots. But yeah, we can only speculate at this point because right now, uh, as per roster resource, they only have four rotation spots filled, and two of them are obvious: Kenta Maeda and Michael Pineda. And then you've got Bailey Ober and Griffin Jacks. Not super intrigued by Jacks. Mildly intrigued by Ober. I think I think Ober's got some upside. Uh, the question there is, does he ever get stretched out to pitch six innings? Not sure if that's po- going to happen. Um, I would keep an eye here on possible call-ups like the the two pitchers that were just acquired by the Twins from uh, in the... Uh, what, what trade was it? Not the Barrios trade. Uh, For, uh, Nelson Cruz. Where they got Drew Strotman and uh, Joe Ryan, who could see major league time this year. They're both in AAA. Or Yohan Duran, who I feel like we've been waiting on for years at this point. I guess there's also names like, I mean, if they're going to go with someone who actually has some experience too. Uh, our, one of my old friends that I stumped for early this year, Randy Dobnak. I, I very uh, literally have a Randy Dobnak autographed card right over here because uh, we were such a fan earlier this year. That's absolutely true. And then also, I guess like Jordan Belazovic uh, I, could be another potential person that gets a shot, maybe less so than the others, though, yeah. I think. It would be nice. I would love to see it. Love to see it. But maybe September. Yeah, fingers crossed, like late year call but, ups I mean, to get a couple. They, uh, maybe that we might get a lot of uh, TBA in the rotation for the next uh, month or so. Did a lot of bull, PC- lot, did lot you of say PCA? Oh, please. <laughs> please no hey we're leading right into it speaking of which uh the mets i don't want to be your here anymore mets, your mets schwebzy i want you to take I, I i want you to take this one uh are there any implications for deep leagues here not really okay um if you were running out any of the new york mets bench mob then uh they they see less time now but uh i i doubt you were like uh, if if Kevin Pilar or Jonathan VR were a big part of your fantasy team, then uh, I all I have is apologies for you, not really advice. Um, the the Mets acquired Javi Baez and then Trevor Williams and Rich Hill. Rich Hill and Trevor Williams could potentially be valuable deep league arms. Maybe uh, so. I would be really hesitant to pick up Rich Hill in fantasy because. Just from from the couple of t- starts that he's gotten so far, it does not appear that the Mets know how to use him because mm-hmm. uh, Rich Hill is abysmal the second time through a lineup, and the Mets keep trying to get him to go five innings, and uh, it's gone very poorly uh, both starts so far. So uh, until the Mets realize that he is basically another Joey Lucchese and should not see a lineup a second time, uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to be worthwhile in fantasy. Uh, Trevor Williams has had uh, a couple of good stretches in his career, but I don't expect much. He's AAA rotation depth at the moment. But if he gets called up, 
um, in theory, the Mets should have a good offense. So maybe uh, maybe that could be a good situation for Trevor if he ever comes up. <sighs> Excellent. Okay. And then <laughs> the world's heaviest side because yeah, the Mets say, make me sad. The, the weight that is currently on your chest that you have to deal with being a Mets fan and like, them can- trading Pete Crow Armstrong. It, it's it's the weirdest thing. It's it's being oh, really in first place. Like they've been in first place all year long, and I have never felt good about it. <laughs> like, not for five minutes have I felt good about their place. Have you used the head, Schwebzy? Have you used the head? All right. Uh, let's move to the other New York team. Let's talk about the Yankees. So they got Andrew Haney, they got Anthony Rizzo, and Joey Gallo. So they got quite a few like decent names here. Uh, Obviously, none of those are really deep league names, but uh, there is at least one person who's going to be affected by the acquisition of Gallo. So who's that, Schwebzi? Yeah, if you were enjoying the Greg Allen experience for the past couple of weeks, which has been fun and uh, profitable if you needed stolen bases, uh, that is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. He'll, pro- yeah. he'll still see plate appearances here and there, but not like he's been getting in the past couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, I mean, if you can afford the stash and want to stay on top of the lineup you can stick them in there and hope for stolen base but uh yeah i, I think the yankees are are now going to be another one of those teams that we don't care about because they're too good yeah exactly um all right beyond that let's go to the west coast all the way to the west coast in oakland so they acquired jan gomes and josh harrison from the nationals they got starling Marte from miami and then they got andrew chafin from the cubs uh did you see what Andrew Chafin was tweeting out? No. Post trade? No, Andrew, I did not. Andrew Chafin tweeted out like, "Hey guys, does anyone have a boat that I could live on while I'm pitching for Oakland?" Are you serious? I'm completely serious. I love Andrew Chafin. He's so funny. That that is incredible. He's also he's got like a, the, he's got a very good mustache as well. Yes. And he's like, "Yeah, there's there's a case of beer in it for you. <laughs> Help me out." That is uh, so on brand in so many ways. Now he seems like a red dude. Um, it does because he was. I mean, he was like very like openly wearing his because like they everyone had the t shirts in Chicago mm-hmm. with like their very specific title, and his was failed starter. <laughs> he's just very much owning it, and it was uh, very. It was. I mean, he's he's definitely got a good sense of humor. You can yeah. tell. Uh, but with these Oakland acquisitions, uh, the only one that I really want to s- touch on really quick is Jan Gomes. So he probably will be splitting time with sean murphy who's having a fine year like for a catcher um but jan gomes is still only nine percent rostered in espn and yahoo leagues and i think he's still worth a roster spot in two catcher leagues like nothing beyond that like he's not going to be getting enough playing time consistently to be worth anything in any other league than two catcher leagues but he's been a pretty surprisingly good bat this year I, I think he still sees playing time uh, even even a little bit more than a, a backup catcher normally would just because Oakland's one of those teams that plays everybody, gets everyone their plate appearances. And uh, it, I'm sure it helps Jan Gomes's case that in his first appearance for Oakland, uh, he went two for five with a dinger and three ribbies. So uh, yep. ni- nice, uh, nice first impression. Good way, good way to get yourself some more playing time. For sure. All right. Uh, let's go back towards the East Coast. Let's go to Philadelphia. So they traded for Ian Kennedy and Kyle Gibson from the Rangers, and they got Freddie Galvis in the only move that the Orioles made uh, before the trade deadline. They also traded away Spencer Howard to the Rangers. So with 
all of this happening, do you feel, how do you feel? I mean, this is a, uh, within the division that you most often watch, Fubsy, how do you feel about these moves for Philadelphia? So uh, none of this impacts us too much. No. Um, only Galvis. And if Philly does the smart thing, which is play Galvis over Didi, I think this could be really beneficial for them because Didi is the sexier name, but he's maybe been the worst shortstop in baseball this year. Like he's played a lot and mm-hmm. he's been worth negative war. Like he's been so bad, unbelievably bad. Um, so, you know, Galvis isn't a world leader, but he's significantly better than that. So it would be a big net positive for Philly if they did just bench Didi, make him a lefty bat off the bench, at least temporarily. Yeah. Because uh, the defense is not that great either. So that's probably the biggest impact here for deep leagues. Uh, if Philly is smart, then Galvis will be a good shortstop. He's, this is also a move from the AL to the NL. So this is a potential middle infield target for you NL only players. There you go. Nice. Uh, Gal Galvis was pretty good in Baltimore. Uh, and he moves to another great situation with a good lineup, good ballpark. Excellent. All right. Uh, then let's move on to, let's stay in the state of Pennsylvania. Let's go to Pittsburgh. Uh, so they traded for Michael Chavis from the Red Sox and then Bryce Wilson from Atlanta. Uh, they traded away uh, Richard Rodriguez and Tyler Anderson. Uh, the only really relevant information here is that Tyler Anderson left a rotation spot that will likely get filled by Wilson. Uh, but Wilson has been, to be like more kind about it, less than stellar this year. So I'm really not recommending that you pick him up. It's just not worth the time or the effort, so honestly. I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to a uh, previous episode. Uh, this was episode 22 two weeks ago where uh i called out uh jahure as the ah as as my favorite uh upcoming pittsburgh starter mitch keller threw today and uh was pretty abysmal so uh he he was mitch keller so i I don't know how many more chances he's gonna get jahure was hurt and uh i'm hoping that he can get healthy soon and, and make a few starts before the end of the year. I think he's the, he, he's my favorite close to the majors, uh, Pittsburgh pitcher. So uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that he gets some starts before the end of the year. Absolutely. And, uh, then to circle back to the other person that they traded for Michael Chavis, uh, He's got really like he's got a ton of raw power. He's a strong dude and he can, he can hit the ball far, but he's relegated to AAA for now. He's not worth your time currently. Uh, if that could obviously change at the drop of a hat, if you want someone that's like kind of an empty power bat, he's going to be your guy for sure because he can, he can hit the ball hard. Oh, and uh, I feel like this has been very much uh, out there, but we'll we'll say it anyway. Uh, with Richard Rodriguez being traded away, the heir apparent to the save uh, the the closer role is David Bednar. Uh, Bednar got an opportunity pretty much right away, blew it. Uh, will that change what Pittsburgh does? I'm not sure. We'll have to keep an eye on it. But as of right now, uh, it seems like Bednar is the closer. There you go. Awesome. And then, all right, next up, what do we got? Sorry, I got to scroll down here. San Diego. Pittsburgh our, trade partner. Pittsburgh trade partner, the San Diego Padres. So they traded for Daniel Hudson, uh, Jake Marisnik, and Adam Frazier, who they got from the Pirates. Uh so what do we have to say here about the Padres pickups and how they're relevant to us in deeper leagues? Uh, I mean, Frazier, Frazier's out of our league. Marisnik, uh, 
not very good. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I wouldn't suggest picking him up anywhere unless you're truly desperate. Uh, also, I just don't think he's going to play in San Diego. And then Daniel Hudson, potentially elite option in holds leagues. Uh, I don't think he ever gets a save for San Diego because he's like the fourth or fifth guy in that pen. But I could see him regularly, you know, pitching in the sixth and seventh inning and uh, accumulating holds. There you go. And then I guess anything else while we're here just in San Diego, do you want to say anything else about them? Yeah. So uh, sadly, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. popped his shoulder out again uh, Mm -hmm. on a slide and uh, has this time has hit the injured list. So if Haseon Kim starts getting more playing time, I, I think he's worth an ad just because of the power speed potential and the really nice lineup. Um, so I, I told, I, I meant to talk about this earlier about the, uh, the pitcherless meetup and the wiffle ball game we played. And uh, like, I, I, I had a little like Fernando Tatis moment of my own. Um, I, I, I feel like a, a kinship with Fernando Tatis Jr. Then like we're like on roughly the same level athletically because I had a softball playoff game the morning of the pitcherless meetup and I took a swing and I popped my shoulder out a little and yeah, I was mostly fine. It, it hurt. Uh, and, uh, but later that day I had a wiffle ball game with the pitcherless crew. And, uh, before that game, Mr. Mr. Jordan might sent me a DM on discord saying hit a dinger for me. And what did I do with my, with my bum shoulder hours after injuring it? I hit a dinger for my co-host. So I'm, I'm basically like the Fernando Tetsis Jr. pitcher list. And uh, that will be going in my Twitter bio. This man's making me proud every day. <laughs> that's, that's like some, that's like some Rudy level stuff right there. That's inspiring. That's what that is. I don't like what that implies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways. Okay. Enough about that. Uh, done with San Diego. Then let's go to San Francisco. Uh, so they traded for Tony Watson, not really relevant. They did trade for Chris Bryant as well from the Cubs, which is relevant mostly due to the fact that it's going to affect the playing time of a lot of the people that we have talked about here. And this is where I get really, really sad about the fact that Lamont Wade Jr. is probably going to be affected by this, along with a couple other folks that I kind of enjoy. So Chris Bryant's a great get for the Giants. Don't get me wrong. Uh, he will unfortunately take the shine off a few guys that we really like. So you've got that. Not just that, but then you've got Evan Longoria's return from the IL pretty imminent. Like, I think he's eligible to come back on August 6th, and he's been doing, like, a fair amount of, like, baseball-related activities in the lead-up to that. And then Brandon Belt should also be coming back pretty soon, too. So Bryant's going to be taking reps at third base until Longoria is ready to go, and then he'll probably, because, I mean, Longoria was, one, both hitting very well this year and playing good defense at third base, which means that, Chris Bryant's definitely going to be playing some corner outfield. Um, that means that folks like Lamont Wade Jr., Darren Ruff, uh, are probably going to be left without a spot to play in that outfield. Uh, and then, oh yeah, also Tommy Lastella is coming back soon too with like nowhere to put him. Like, like the depth of this team is stupid. Um, and well, it's been crazy how they've been able to like milk every bit of production out of that roster. It's just, there's not enough to go not, not enough opportunity to go around with Bryant there now. So oh. there's a lot of people that are taking hits to their stock. Chris Bryant is 29, which makes him a perfect fit for the San Francisco giants outfield. This is true. This is I very, think very I, true. as far as I can tell, that's the only criteria to be a good uh, giants outfielder is to be 28 or older. Hey, does that mean that I could be a good San Francisco giants outfielder? I'm 29. I think so. 
I could do it. I could totally do it. All right. Uh, let's move up the coast there to Seattle then. So they traded for Diego Castillo from the Tampa Bay Rays. They also got Tyler Anderson from the, from the Pirates and Abraham Toro from the Astros. And they traded away Kendall Graveman as well as, uh, who's the other reliever that they traded to Houston? Um, Rafael Montero. There yes. we go. Um, so uh, how do we feel about these pickups for Seattle? I am a big fan. Um, all right. So, so we're in the exact same cloudy closer situation. Yes. Uh, Diego Castillo got the first save, uh, which was, uh, you know, Graveman seemed to be the one a to Seawald's one B and, uh, they traded for the, yeah, they basically swapped for, uh, Graveman for Castillo. Castillo got the save opportunity, blew it while Seawald pitched a clean eighth. So maybe we'll see Seawald get more opportunities. Uh, maybe they keep running with Castillo remains to be seen. As for Toro, I really liked this pickup. Um, Mariners Twitter was furious um, because I, I think it was more the timing like because they traded, they, they were playing the Astros at the time and they traded their best reliever across to the other clubhouse, like in the middle of a series against a division rival, nonetheless. Yeah. So, uh, San Francisco was not, uh, sorry, uh, Seattle was not happy, but I think they made out so well. Yeah. They made out, like Toro is a great get and, he immediately paid dividends by hitting home runs in both of the other games of the uh, Houston Seattle series. I like Toro a lot. Uh, I was a big fan of him when he was playing for Houston, largely because of the lineup and, uh, you know, just being surrounded by other really good players. I don't dislike him now that he's in a worse lineup. And part of that is because there's no impending Alex Bregman to block him from playing time. And Seattle appears willing to use his versatility. He was playing mostly third base for Houston. Now in Seattle, he's playing second while Ty France plays first and Kyle Seager plays third. So now uh, if this keeps happening, we have the really nice combo of middle infield, corner infield eligibility. Uh, it's going to be third, second. I don't think shortstop, but uh, he's, he's going to be eligible in, in a lot of different spots, which is nice. Uh, I, since they gave up such a be uh, apparently a, a really beloved clubhouse presence to get Toro, uh, they should give him every opportunity to show that he's part of the future. Uh, as for Tyler Anderson, yes, Anderson is boring. Uh, he he is uh, might as well be named Toby Anderson. Uh, yeah, uh, that that's what he's going to be. He's going to be he's going to get you a quality start every now and then. Uh, not get blown up too often and not be elite too often, just kind of middle of the road starter. So yeah, that, that's really it. Nice streamer every now and then. Well, steady Eddie. Yeah. It's totally fun to pick up for sale. I mean, that's one thing too, is like, I mean, they wanted to do the six, six man rotation. I mean, folks like Marco Gonzalez have been pretty abysmal and catastrophic, catastrophic for them so far this year. So to have someone like that is actually a very nice change of pace. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love it. Okay. Let's go to, uh, 
St. Louis with the Cardinals, who just I think they decided to like buy every like busted old left hander they could find. It works so well with Adam Wainwright, so let's just keep trying to get old guys, right? Yeah, totally, totally good, totally fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't get what the point of these moves were, like getting John Lester and J. A. Happ. This was Um, like the flimsiest attempt at like we're still trying, you guys. Like I, I mean, I know there's the phrase like there was an attempt, but that's even debatable here. Woof. Yeah. So yeah, pass, 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 pass. Nothing really relevant here that we want to talk about. Um, so let's go to then Tampa Bay. Uh, so they were able to get uh, JT Chargeois and Nelson Chargeois. Cruz. Um, from the so Chargeois from the Mariners and then Nelson Cruz obviously from the Twins. Uh, and they traded away Diego Castillo and then some prospects for uh, Nelson Cruz, obviously. So I mean. As usual, Rays are going to Ray. We don't know what is going on in terms of like what, who, like if there is an outright closer or anything like that. Um, but is there, I mean, is there anything else that we want to touch on with Tampa Bay, really? Uh, so I, I do want to point out uh, one thing with the Rays. So the Rays are, they, they have the best bullpen in baseball. Just, yes. just straight up. Uh, they lead the majors in ERA, WAR. I want to say FIP also. I believe FIP also. So, you know, it's not a mirage. Listen to listen to the pitchers on the injured list for the the Rays. Nick Anderson, Jalen Beeks, Oliver Drake, Pete Fairbanks, Tommy Hunter, Colin McHugh, Colin Post, Cody Reed, Chaz Rowe, Jeffrey Springs, Ryan Thompson, J.P. Fireisen. Oh, my God. They have several bullpens worth of pitchers on the injured list, and they are still the best bullpen in baseball. <laughs> They know how to use them, man. It's it's obscene. And now uh, the the next man up for the thirteenth time uh, in the closer by committee, uh, it might be Chargeois, who they just got from Seattle, or it might be uh, any of like three other pitchers. Like it's really, I I assume they just do it with like a big uh, Price is Right wheel uh, when they're trying to figure out who closes games. So yeah, I I, I wouldn't try to figure i mean you you can pick up a tampa bay reliever just because they're good like uh they'll, they'll give you ratios and they might get you a save every now and then but uh the likeliest candidates are the recently acquired chargeois the somehow all-star andrew kittridge uh matt Wisler, and drew ramerson who came over in the same deal as fire Ison. but uh yeah. really uh, who can say really I mean, obviously, I have like some small amount of favoritism towards uh, Rasmussen, just due to the fact that he is a Bofa. Uh, I, but... I, I would, I would like to have more reasons to say Chargeois. <laughs> I mean, we, I can, I can also vibe with that. I can definitely vibe with that. It's just so fun to say. It's so fun to say. Let's see here. Sorry, I got to scroll down again. My apologies. We have a lot of notes here. All right. Uh, oh, you know, we we have been going for roughly eighty minutes so far. Let's try to wrap the rest of this up in ten. We can okay, do cool. it. We can do it. Okay, cool. Texas. So uh, they traded for Spencer Howard. They traded away Ian Kennedy and Kyle Gibson to uh, the Phillies to get Spencer Howard. And then they also got rid of Joey Gallo and Julie Rodriguez. Right. So the main things here are A, the bullpen, which is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, one of the two situations which I absolutely will not touch Uh because not only do we not know who the closer is going to be, but the options are bad. The only way I would touch this closer situation is if Demarcus Evans somehow figured his stuff out and uh, became good. Like that—that's the only pitcher whose stuff I really like in that bullpen. 
uh, and then Spencer Howard. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know I love Spencer Howard, and I hate how Philadelphia jerked him around. Uh, you know, you're a starter now, you're a reliever now, you're stretched out now, you're going to the minors. It's just it's very frustrating. I'm as an owner, or, you know, as a manager, and I'm sure also for him. Now he's being traded to a bad team, which is probably good for him. No pressure or, or less pressure. There's always pressure in major league games. Uh, and the opportunity to just have a consistent role, just go out there every five days, pitch as many innings as you can. And that, that is that is your role. That's what we're going to have you keep doing. And I really want to believe that with that defined role, that Howard will be good. I continue to stash him in my NL only league. And uh, yeah, let's let's hope that Texas actually follows through, unlike Philadelphia. God, yeah, fingers crossed. All right, uh, that's all we have here for Texas. Let's move to we got our last two here. Let's get go to Toronto. So they traded for Joaquin Soria, Jose Barrios, and then Brad Hand. Um, I guess with this, most of these guys are rostered at a pretty high level across the board, and this yeah. is another one of those teams that's kind of mm-hmm. like, I mean, they're too good for us. I, I do like uh, Kirk there. You know, he had he had nothing to do with the, the trade deadline, but I do still think he's a, a fun second catcher. There you go. Nice. Okay. So we, we we were able to squeeze a little bit of something out of Toronto, at least. That's good. Yeah. All right. Uh, and On then a related after, note, I would love to squeeze Alejandro Kirk. He feels like he... It seems like he would be good, good at hubs. He seems like he'd be cuddly. Yes. <laughs> All, right. All right. Last team. We did it. We got there. Uh, let's finish this up with... The Nationals. So they traded for K Bear Ruiz and Josiah Gray from the Dodgers. Uh, and I mean, they traded away pretty much everyone relevant on the team except for Juan Soto. Yeah. <laughs> like they traded away Kyle Schwarber, Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, Brad Hand, Daniel Hudson, Jan Gomes, Josh Harrison, who was having like a very good year, like a sneakily good year, and John Lester. Like, I mean, that is. That 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 is, that is the definition of cleaning house. I'm actually pretty impressed with what they were able to get back in return for all the names that they sent out. Um, but man, that is a uh, boy. I, I am reasonably sure that Josh Harrison is a monster that took uh, Howie Kendrick's powers. <laughs> it's kind of great. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's just Howie Kendrick in a Joshua Harrison skin suit. It might be like a Highlander situation. There can only be one. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, no, I can dig that. I'm, I'm not, but yeah, I'm not really sure where to start with this because a, a lot happened on just this one roster. The The Nationals really quickly turned a pretty pretty good lineup into Juan Soto and seven guys that Juan Soto probably hates. Uh, like I think the main takeaway here, the takeaways here are that the, the one guy that I'm really interested here uh, in the lineup is Luis Garcia. Uh, and uh, have fun when you're searching for Luis Garcia on baseball websites because there's a, a lot of Luis Garcias. This is the 21-year-old infielder for the Nationals, and he's, again, 21 and was absolutely tearing up AAA. He should be the priority pickup here. He acquitted himself acquitted himself pretty well last year in, in uh, his first major league stint, which... You know, if you can, if if you're a math person, you know that the current 21 year old was 20 when he did that, and that's really impressive. And it didn't really get talked about because it was kind of it was a little slapdick. It wasn't like crazy impressive, but it's one of those things where like he wasn't overwhelmed. And 
when the game slows down for him, like he could be really impressive. So uh, I'm pretty sure I just picked him up in TGFBI. Uh, I'm pretty excited about what he could do. And then in the on the pitching side of things, uh, it's been three games since the tear, since the Fire Nation struck. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, Very nice reference. Hopefully some of you get that. I'm sure some of you will, but... But yeah, uh, so like I said, they traded away Hudson, they traded away uh, Hand, and next man up appears to be Kyle Finnegan because Tyler, Tyler Rainey is terrible. Uh, is, it, is it Tyler? Am I forgetting his? I think I'm forgetting his first name. Whatever. Rainey is terrible. Tanner um, Rainey. Tanner Rainey. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Finnegan's first three appearances since the teardown went save, save, win. So he appears to be the guy until uh, he probably implodes, which I'm sure won't take too long because it's Kyle Finnegan. But, uh, you know, ride him while he's getting saves. I feel like there's some sort of like Finnegan's seam. Oh, Finnegan's seam shifted wake. There it is. That's 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 it. We did it. We got there. That's my that's my sorry, folks. That's my contribution to the episode. Good night. Thank you for joining us. No, I'm right. just kidding. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up from here. It's all right. We, we, have more, we have one more person to talk about. That's obviously Josiah Gray. Go ahead, Schwebs. This is argue like I. Uh, if you've stuck with us for eighty-five minutes, uh, this is arguably one of the most important people we'll talk about today, as far as pickups. Josiah Gray. He is, I would say, a must-add in most formats. Definitely anything deeper than a twelve-teamer, because. The Washington Nationals have no reason to not let him throw. He was one of the top two prospects in the Dodgers system uh, when that trade happened. Uh, and yeah, you know, we've got opportunity. We've got talent. Now let's let's see where he can take it because uh, I, I think he could put together a really strong stretch in the next two months. Yeah, and he's not like a guy that... The best thing about Josiah Gray that I talked about, the I think we talked about it in the last episode, if I remember right. Um is that he fills up the strike zone too. He's not going to yes. give out a lot of free passes. He's going to be a, he's a guy that maybe like the like the Arsenal isn't the most elite, but he's got really 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 elite command of all of his offerings. So definitely something good to look forward to there. I mean, I think that as in terms of a rebuild, I think that Washington was able to nab themselves like a really good base for that. So at least it wasn't all for naught. Uh yeah, they, I mean, so Trey Barrera is probably now a two catcher league candidate. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I wouldn't call him a priority, but if so, someone gets hurt and you're like, "Oh my god, these catches are terrible," yeah, give Trey Barrera a try. Uh, and also be on the lookout for when Kybert Ruiz, uh, sorry, it, it was Kybert, K Bear, K Bear, when K Bear Ruiz comes up because uh, as soon as he does, he's the best catcher on the Nationals. I would bet. I would anticipate that's actually pretty soon too. I, I would think so. September I, I at the, the latest. Feeling. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, I think that's every single team. We actually did it, Schwebzy. We did it. We made it through. Yeah, we're, we're not. Only... We're not. We're not helping our really long streams by recording for ninety minutes. Yeah, that's not helping us at all. I mean, we could also do more prep. I mean, to be fair, I really didn't have time to do any more preparation this weekend due to the fact that I was at my nephew's wedding, which was dope. And went really really well it's okay I, um, I could do this for hours with you it's fine whatever it is it is really fun i do enjoy it i, I look I, even though we are up usually until like 2 a.m 3 a.m for you uh i enjoy doing this with you every week and just, i'm glad that i'm i mean we're kind of winding down i'm kind of sad that we're not going to have like because I, I doubt that we'll do like weekly episodes throughout the entire yeah, off season we'll figure it out but, you know, i'm just we'll something but, in my in my head there was like a like a snap cut to our our listeners who are just a skeleton in a recliner <laughs> 
because we've been going and talking for so long. I mean, at this point, I mean, if they're not that, I would be, I would be amazed. I'd be heavily surprised. All right. That's going to do it for us this week here at In the Deep. Thank you so much for bearing with us as we dealt with live stuff last week and didn't have an episode. And thank you again for joining us this week. Uh, like we said at the top of the episode, if you want to keep up with us uh, on our shared account on Twitter, you can follow us there at In the Deep PL. And you can also follow us both individually at Schwebzi for Schwebzi. That's S H W E B S I. And then myself at Bunt Singles. You can also send us mailbag questions or just comments, questions, anything that you might have to our shared email account that is in the deep pl at gmail.com also while you're at it feel free to like our podcast subscribe leave a review on stitcher apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you find your podcasts and with that schwebzy once again send them out bye friends You know, you made that you you made the joke about uh, being able to play outfield for the Giants because you're like 27 or older than 27, 28, whatever. 29, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was gonna say like all that's required is now Farhan's 80 needs to kiss you on the mouth <laughs> <laughs> as a callback, but I I opted not to.